But Dan, I miss having a job. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. You know how much fun it is to talk with people about their work day after day? I mean, it really is. I'm not joking. It really is a joy to talk to people about the work that they have and identifying, is it a fit? It's not a matter of, is it good or bad, right or wrong? It's, is it a fit for you? When I work with somebody in a coaching process, we don't just look at opportunities. That's the last thing we look at. First thing we look at is, what is unique about you? How are you wired? Golly, what are the skills and talents that you not only can do, but want to continue doing? How do you relate to other people? What are those recurring dreams you've had since you're a little kid? I mean, we start putting that all together. We see some clear patterns. Then we can identify work that fits. That's what we're looking for. Work that fits after deciding what kind of life you want to live. Then finding or creating work that allows you to do just that. Show up every day excited to be able to do something that's meaningful, fulfilling, and profitable. Well, we're going to talk about a couple questions. Instead of just going through, I didn't even open up the questions for today, frankly, because there's a couple things that I want to address that came out of a recent trip that Joanne and I did down in Orlando at the CES conference. And they came out of that. And I wanted to address them. I've been rolling over in my mind and I decided I need to address these because they're so common in what they represent. So the questions are, Dan, why am I not happy in my new success? I'll tell you about a a young lady who was asking exactly that question. And then my question to you is this, and I'll unpack this for you. Would you rather be safe, secure, have all your needs taken care of, but know you're in captivity or be open to risk, danger, uncertainty, but totally free. Now, obviously, I've kind of slanted that even in the way that I phrased it there, but we'll look at how people make choices for one or the other. It might surprise you what people choose sometimes. Well, here's our Cliff Feitner poem for the day. Cliff is a faithful member of 48 Days Eagles, and he writes new poems I think every day he contributes one. So I have a lot to choose from. Just pick one out for the weekly podcast. Today's is this. What is the work that we choose? Does it give us joy or the blues? Will it stick in our head like a thought that we dread? Make us constantly feel like we lose. Wow. Well, here's a quotation from the day. There's always free cheese in a mousetrap. Now, I'm not even going to try to attribute that to somebody because it's attributed to so many different people. I mean, Tom Waits and people in antiquity, and it's been around a long time. But anyway, a lot of people have kind of capitalized on there's always free cheese in a mousetrap. Keep that in mind as we kind of talk through a couple things here that I want to share with you today. So I was at CES. This is a conference for online sellers. I was privileged to do the opening presentation for that. So we had about 600 people in the room. And these are people who have 
because they're there, for the most part, they've already experienced pretty extraordinary success at doing things online. Amazon, eBay, Amazon Merch, other kind of things that you've heard me talk about. These are the people that were there. So I talked to this gorgeous young lady who came up and said that she had been very successful in corporate America. She really enjoyed that, but she saw this opportunity for online sales. Golly, she got a little training in it, experimented, and it was just unbelievably successful for her. So she was doing it full-time. She quit her job. She was doing this full-time. So here she is in a gorgeous resort hotel in Orlando with a lot of other people who are having extraordinary success. And her question really was, why am I not happier? Why don't I feel happier about the success that I'm experiencing? So let's unpack this a little bit. For one thing, We have to recognize, once again, success is not just how much money you have in the bank. Success is the progressive realization of worthwhile goals. Success is having the kind of life that you want. Getting up in the morning, being energized to jump out of bed, start your day because you know you're living the life of your dreams. All right, so kind of let's just keep that in mind. So here is this young lady who experienced a lot of success financially by doing things online. But something was missing and she couldn't put her finger on it. So I asked her, name is Christy. I said, Christy, do you know your personality style? Well, not really. And I said, well, I can tell you that just from meeting you. You're a high DI. You're somebody who likes to take charge. Easy for you to make decisions. You may come across as opinionated sometimes. You like being engaged with people, being around people is, is, makes you enthusiastic. It gives you energy. She says, oh, yeah, 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 all that's true. I said, do you miss being part of a team where you show up every morning and know that you're going to work together with them as a team to accomplish something? She said, oh, yeah. I said, do you miss the idea of having to get dressed up nicely? I could see that she was dressed gorgeous. Get dressed nicely to go to an office, kind of share your new wardrobe ideas and know that people appreciate how you look. Yeah. You know, do you miss having subordinates, people that are on your team that you can encourage support, but also kind of direct their act? Yeah. I said, Christy, you need to go get a job. And she was dumbfounded. I mean, am I not the guy that talks about all these entrepreneurial ideas? Yes, you better believe it. But I told her real quick, I said, you need to go get a job. She was like, how can I possibly do that? I mean, isn't that, doesn't that sound like I've failed? She said, I really made a big deal out of telling people when I was leaving that I was going to go do my own thing. If I go back to that same kind of environment, isn't the message going to be clear that I failed in doing this? I said, no, not unless you convey it as such. The message is, you now know a fuller spectrum of work opportunities. You now are blessed with being able to choose what fits you in a way that most people never will experience. They'll always think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. You know 
what fits you well. You know what works for you. You need to go get a job. I mean, you could just see her shoulders relax. And she took a big breath. I said, now here's the other part of this. There's more to the story. You don't have to give up what you're doing now. I said, you're one of those that we talk about who would probably do really well having a core career, just as you know you can and be very very successful in doing that, but then devote 10 to 15 hours in your side business. I said, could you do what you're doing now and devote 15 hours a week to it and pretty much maintain what you're doing? She said, I really could. She said, it's, it's really just based on having the system in place. It doesn't need me all the time. I said, that's exactly what I would recommend you do. Get a job immediately. Keep what you're doing going anyway. I mean, now you've got the best of both. We immediately go for what one of those and solutions rather than either or. I mean, how cool is that? Well, we worked through a, a brief plan, and uh, I hope that's exactly what she does, that she immediately goes to get a job. Not limping back out of desperation or because what she tried did not work, but because she knows where she thrives. There's no shame in that. When people are in a transition, and I really want them to look at the idea of being an independent contractor, a consultant, a temp, and all those things we talk about, entrepreneur. I mean, I've got a guy right now I'm working with who has never done anything on his own. He's always been an employee, and we're looking at franchises, your business opportunities. I mean, talking about, you know, you can have a hot dog stand down on 2nd Avenue, you know, those kind of things. It's totally outside his experience and comfort zone. That doesn't mean that's where we're going to end up. I just want him to know the full spectrum of opportunities so he can then choose and say, wow, here's where I thrive. Here's where I work best. And that's what I want for Christy. And that's what I want for you. Well, just a quick reminder there. I do typically just open my magic mailbag and look at questions that you all have submitted. And I certainly will get back to that. Want to do that as well? So if you got a question, you can go to 48days.com, click on the podcast link. You'll see opportunities there. You can write it out. Or if you want to, you can just shoot an email to me directly at askdan at 48days.com. Now, here's another situation that I experienced while we were at this conference. This was at the Gaylord Palms Resort in Kissimmee. It's really a little bit south of Orlando, about 20 miles out from the airport, Kissimmee, near Celebration Village, right in the heart of where all the Disney things are, Epcot and all the parks. Absolutely spectacular hotel. So like the one we have here in Nashville, there's a lot of things under roof. So you can go out of the hotel section, walk through this beautiful park, and then over to the conference area where it's still all under roof. That's where the conference was. Walking through that park section, there were bridges, there were massive waterfalls, there were little rivers and streams. And there was one section where there were juvenile alligators. I took a picture. I mean, there was probably 12 or 13 
sitting on rocks, and there were turtles there as well. It was really spectacular. I took pictures for the kids. Just a beautiful, beautiful area. Now, how do you think those alligators and turtles get their food? Well, obviously, they have to be fed. They're in an enclosed environment. Now, it's so big. You know, it looks like it would be a natural habitat for them, but we know it's not. It's not a natural habitat. They can't just go anywhere they choose to go. They're in an enclosed area. So as luxurious as it looks with them sunning on these beautiful rocks, great music, waterfall, perfect temperature, no danger. They know they're going to get food, all they need to eat. But at the end of the day, they may recognize at some point, this is captivity. This is not really what we were born to experience. Now, my question then is, would you rather be in that kind of environment where it's safe, secure, perfect temperature, all your needs are taken care of, no danger at all, but know you're in captivity? Or would you rather be out in the open, open to risk and danger, unexpected happenings, unpredictability, but totally free? Now, this is a real question because we see people every day who are making those choices. And we see a whole lot of people who choose number one. I want to try to force the government, the company, somebody else to take care of me. I'm going to buy 10 lottery tickets, just confident that if I can win the lottery, then my life is going to be perfect. I want to see if I can't qualify for free housing, free food, free dental care. You know, just this idea of working, it's just too much hassle. I mean, I'd rather just get up when I feel like getting up. You know, I I know it may not be ideal. I may not be able to you know, drive the kind of car I'd really like to drive. But Wow. That would be really nice just not to have to struggle at the end of the week to see where my paycheck went, to know that I got a place to live, food, all the food I need to eat, medical care, yeah, I'm pretty well taken care of. But we know what that looks like. You can drive into communities in any city in America and find cities like that where there are fourth and fifth generation children who are there who have never experienced anything but that, and they, because of that, expect nothing different. They expect that's what their life will be in the life of their children, where they're taken care of, their needs are, their basic needs are met. Are we doing those people a favor? Is that compassion or is that something else? Well, I'm not going to go deeply into the philosophical and political implications of that, but A big part of the price you pay to become prosperous is becoming the kind of person that can handle wealth responsibly. I mean, studies have shown again and again that most poor people who win large windfalls in the lottery, they're broken, miserable. Usually about seven years later, they're back where they were. And it doesn't matter if they won 20, 40, or 
$400 million. They got the cash, but they didn't have the mindset of a wealthy person. Now, you've heard me talk before about the upper limit challenge, where people get money that is a higher level than their sense of deserving, they'll sabotage it. And we see that happen all the time. People got money too quickly or in a way that didn't really come as a result of work and effort. And so they sabotage it. Happens all the time. Let's go a little further, a little farther on this. We're going to have a shorter show today. You can see by the length, it's going to be a shorter than usual show. Nothing comes for free. If you are at the grocery store and the checkout clerk gives you an extra $5 by mistake and you see it and you think, Ooh, I got, just got a bonus and you walk out or you find a way to wire up free cable at your house. You've got a neighbor that knows how to do that. So you get free cable or you just pick up an extra newspaper when no one's looking. You are setting the stage of having a debt. There's a debt to be paid. Those debts always come due. I don't want that hanging over my head. I was at Home Depot one time when we had gotten a bunch of supplies and I had a Hispanic gentleman with me who was doing some work for me that particular day. And so we had a list of things to get at Home Depot and we got those. We got out to my, my truck and we unloaded everything. And here in the bottom of the cart was, it, it was a shovel that I'd gotten. So it was like $34 or something. And I realized I hadn't rung that up. I hadn't unloaded that when I checked out. It was on, totally in the bottom of the cart and I missed it. Well, the gentleman's with me realized as well, because it was obvious my re- reaction, what happened. And he was like, oh, bueno, bueno. And I said, no, no bueno, no bueno. And I picked that up and took the shovel back in, explained to the cashier what happened, and had her ring it up. Well, the gentleman was with me, didn't understand that. He thought, no, that was an unexpected bonus. Not in my mind. No, that sets me up for a debt that's going to have to be paid in some way. Those come due. See, the interesting thing is prosperous people don't spend time trying to figure out how they can get things for free. Now, certainly, I'm not talking about being frugal. I'm not talking about negotiating a good deal on a car or a piece of real estate. I'm just talking about the kind of free things that a lot of people want to be given to them. The kind of free things, the kind of people that respond to the incessant ads on TV from these attorneys saying, gee, did you stub your toe? You know, it must be somebody else's fault. We'll sue them. Gee, did you take this medicine 20 years ago? Aren't you feeling poorly today because of that? Let's go sue somebody. Boy, that mentality just drives me crazy. Well, wealthy people don't look for free things in that way. They're happy to exchange value for what they have. So if you want to become more prosperous, the first step to ask yourself is, how can you give more? How can you serve more? How can you get better? You get more by being more. 
How can you solve problems or add more value? Who else can you serve? Who do you have to become to live the life of prosperity you desire? I mean, a lot of the wealth training out there is not about financial principles. It's about creating the mindset of people who are wealthy. You create a mindset of a wealthy person, money will start showing up. Now, how do people become millionaires? Well, Brian Tracy has some principles on that. I've mentioned these on here before. There are three things that he says are consistently seen in people who become wealthy. Number one, clear goals. I love that because this time of the year, going right into the last quarter of the year, wow, this is the time to be setting goals, deciding now what you want 2018 to look like and bring. Number two, continuous learning never ends. Number three, willingness to take risk. Now, that doesn't mean uncalculated risk. doesn't mean you jump off a cliff and just hope that some miracle saves you from crashing on the rocks. But willingness to take risk. I've talked before on here about being in your comfort zone. A lot of people look for that. They think, oh, I just want to get to the point where things are kind of predictable and easy. And we see a lot of people get there and they stop. They stop growing, searching, testing, trying. They just, things are predictable. I'm making a nice salary. You know, I'm making $85,000 a year. We're getting by. We set a little aside for retirement and I'm finished. I don't have to do anything else. Well, that's okay, but understand what's happening with that. With that, you're in your zone of competence. You may even be in your zone of excellence, but I'll guarantee you, you're not in your zone of genius. If things are that predictable and come that easily, you're not stretching. You're not trying. You're not growing into new areas. You're just coasting. That for me is very uncomfortable. I don't want to do that. Earlier this year, I wrote a piece. I did a little study on the top 10 NBA players for this year, 2016, 2017, the top 10 NBA players, easy to find the stats. And I looked at what they're being paid. Well, in total, they're being paid over 260 million. The average for those 10 then is over $26 million. Now, some are a little less because we got LeBron James and they're leading the pack with over $30 million a year. So here we have the very best in the world at what they do. These guys are the best, right? I mean, it's been proven. Everybody wants them on their team. They're the best. They're being paid outrageous amounts of money. So certainly in what they do, they hit 100% of their shots right? I mean, how could you be the best without hitting hundred percent of your shots? Well, we know that's not true. They don't hit hundred percent. They don't hit 98. They don't hit 90. You know what the average shooting percentage is for those top 10 guys? I went right through one by one and did the math. The, the percentage of times they get the ball in the hoop, the very best guys in the world 48%. Well, I kind of like that number. That really made me smile when I actually figured that out. And here it is, 48%. It's like 47.85, but you round it off, it's 48%. 48% of the time, they make the shot. 52% of the time, they don't. 
that's where I want to be. I want to be in the arena where about 48% of the things I try work. Boy, believe me, this year has been like that. This year has been a real surprise to me in a couple of areas. I thought I had it all mapped out. I thought success was just going to come rolling in. I really did. And it's been an abysmal failure in a couple of areas. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Now, fortunately, I didn't have all my eggs in one basket. You know, it's not just one thing that we're doing. So there are other things that have continued to work pretty well. But abysmal failure in some areas. And in looking at the overall, yeah, I'm probably pretty much right on track. About 48% of the things were successful this year and about 52% were not. But if you're doing big things, if you're at the top of your game, you can move forward nicely with that kind of percentage. So again, the way that people become millionaires, clear goals, continuous learning, willingness to take risk. So those are my two things for today. That's going to be it. Those two things that I wanted to unpack. Why am I not happy when other people see me as so successful? Maybe you're in the wrong job model. You need to tweak that. You need need to recognize that you have the freedom to choose what fits you. And in doing so, that ought to be part of your zone of genius. Not just about making money. It's about that right fit. And then the second part we looked at today, would you rather be safe, secure, have all your needs taken care of? But no, there's really a fence around where you are. You know, think about the movies that have been made like this, The Village and certainly others. What was the one Jim Carrey lived in a bubble? Forget what that thing was. But, uh, you know, would you rather be in a protected environment and be totally taken care of or be totally exposed to the elements, having to protect yourself, having risk, uncertainty, but knowing that you're totally free? Man, sign me up for number two. Hey, if you if you feel differently, let me know. Let me know your response to this. I mean, shoot your responses in to ask Dan. 48days.com. I'd love to see your responses to this and figure out what it is. How would you really like to approach this? Well, we're going to wrap it up with that. Let me get us going here in the music and we're going to, we'll go back to this one for today. You know what you need to do if this is your situation. If you're stuck in a J-O-B, you know there are options. You can't be listening to this podcast and not be aware that there are 50 options for what your daily work can look like in a way that it's framed. You can have one customer be working for a company. You can have 10 customers where you spread the risk dramatically. If you lose one, they don't like you anymore or they they go away as a company. You don't lose the whole thing. You just have to replace 10% of what you were doing. Find one new customer. I mean, there's so many options out there that are available. You really can choose. What is it that's going to fit you best? What a privilege we have. I mean, I don't know. I um, I mean, last week I talked about Amazon Merch, this opportunity to start a business. No capital, no investment up front of any kind. Don't have to have any kind of inventory. Don't have to have any training other than being able to create a design that you put up there. And then if somebody buys a shirt with your design on it, your saying on it, your slogan, you get money. I mean, the opportunities today are mind-blowing. When I think back about the things that were not available when I was a kid, when I was 18 or 25, looking at this, and the things we have now that have come available in the last 10, 15 years, blows my mind. Unbelievable. 
you can choose, but you get to choose not only what you're going to do to create income, you get to choose the life that you live. What a privilege. Well, hey, thanks for being part of this growing group where we know we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.